Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Story Box, where I, your host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox the amazing stories of some incredible people from all walks of life and experiences. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the Story Box and hear more about our guest today. Always be in a consistent mindset. This episode, ladies and gentlemen, is an awesome episode because I have my good friend Phil Halani on the Storybox today. Now, Phil is the founder and owner of Percy Plunkett, a cafe, a very well-known cafe in Penrith. And this man is honestly a a true inspiration uh, to myself and to the community. He has done so much for the community and he deserves every ounce of success that comes his way. And seriously, it was an absolute pleasure to meet Phil and get to hear his story, but also form a friendship after that. Uh, he, he's just one of a kind. He's one of those people that just constantly gives and doesn't stop giving until, you know, he drops. He just has this attitude that he doesn't want to ever give up. And despite the face of adversity, despite the challenges that come his way, he is in very, very successful in his business because he's happy all the time. He's happy in, in, his, in his business, in his life. Uh, he's just constantly resilient. And we, we get to talking about on this episode the history of Percy Plunkett and why he chose Percy in the first place, finding happiness and the true meaning of happiness in one's life, building something from nothing, and why he wanted to start a cafe in the first place. And owning uh, a cafe in the hospitality industry isn't exactly what a lot of people would think it might be. Surround yourself with amazing people. Now, uh, I I have a select group of people that I actually surround myself with uh, because who you hang around, you will become. And I have to say that hanging around Phil, I become better each and every time because he's just one of those people that his energy, his enthusiasm, his charisma, the whole bit just is it, so uh, – it, it's so um, – enticing it and it's quite you want to do the same thing as well uh now we also talk about the challenges involved with dealing with the unknown and what that actually looks like for phil and the first day when when percy's opened what that was what that experience was like for phil and never and being part of something truly special and unique so uh, there's a story behind that and we, we get into that. Focusing on your team despite uh, the situations around you as well. And we talk about what's the worst thing that someone can say to you if something doesn't go ahead. The worst thing that someone can actually say to you is no. But what do you do with with the no? How do you turn that into an actual positive? So this is a really, really deep and meaningful conversation I had with Phil 
I appreciate you, my friends, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. So you guys know what time it is. It's time to dive into the story box. Enjoy unboxing Bill Halani's story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Storybox podcast. I am here with the owner of the legendary Percy Plunkett in Penrith, Phil Halani. Welcome to the show. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you. So before we get into the history of Percy Plunkett and the whole fun stuff, I like asking people one particular question, and that is, what do you think success is? Happiness, bro. I think if you're happy, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you're successful, right? Mm. So how do you find happiness then? I think it's happening. Uh, I think happiness is um, being around the people you love, mm. um, doing the things you love, um, and I'm 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 very happy at the moment because I'm doing. I'm living my dream, surrounded by family and friends. Even though I don't see them that much because of the business, but um, yeah, man, I think I think success is happiness, bro. And, mm. and I'm very very blessed at the moment. So that's good, man. Because I always love asking because I always get a different response each time. But it seems to be this trend that happiness is to do with happiness. Yeah. Oh, no, success, success is to do with yeah. happiness, yeah. Because if you're not happy now, bro, you're not going to be happy with a million dollars. You know, like you would be happy for a short term and everyone says it and you hear it over and over. Like, you know, if you're not happy now, you won't be happy when you're rich. But be happy with what you have, but kind of always be like thriving for more, you know. Mm. Where do you think that comes from, that idea that if you're not happy now, you won't be happy later? Um, I just think it's been proven time mm. and time again and the people that you, you, you know we all follow i mean podcasts you, you listen to a lot of people successful people and they all say that they thought when we earn a million dollars we're going to be happy or when we had a successful business like the reason i'm happy at percy is not because it's successful it's because it's it's my dream like it's mm. what i wanted to do you know you built it from the ground up well, yeah me and my so, business partner jake like we yeah. built it from the ground up and 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 building something from nothing is, is pretty special man so definitely man so i'm curious to know how did Percy Plunkett, like what's the history behind, because we're actually sitting in, I think it's a living room. This was um, the room we're in now was Percy Plunkett's bedroom. Really? Yeah. So okay. 1950, he lived in it from 18, 1920s to 1960s. He lived in this house and this was his bedroom. So there's a lot of history in this place. Yeah, so how does that make you feel like as a business owner, having a business on such a historical site? Uh, man, it's it's an honor, bro. Like I think I was telling you a bit earlier that the fact that we can run a business in someone's home mm. is is very special. You know, the amount of history that's in this house, it's not just a building. Shopping center didn't, didn't just, even though we're part of a shopping center, this is detached. It's in the car park. They couldn't knock it down because it was heritage. Um, and obviously when we were doing the heritage report, we learned a lot more. So my view on heritage and and the you know the, just the story about what's what's happened here in the last 150 years is pretty special, man. Do you know most of the story from the last? Yeah, so I know the house was built in the late 1800s, 1880s, um, and then from there three families lived in it and owned the house. So Noel Hollier, uh, Percy Plunkett was the middle owner, and I think his name was Michael Welsh, who was the third owner, or the mm. Welsh family. Um, and we've learned a little bit of each. We've met a family relative from each owner. Yeah, which is pretty special. We got some photos from the Holliers from back. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable, man. So for me, you know, you this building ticked every single box. Um, you know, the it's a special building. It's a big venue, great location. But the funny thing was, it was empty for two years before we took it because no one would touch it. It was an old, rundown Thai restaurant, um, and had lost the building. Was still beautiful, but it had lost its. Um, I think I think it, it never lost what made it special, but it was mm. just it looked like a. A bit of an eyesore, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how did you come across this place? Um, funny story. So um, 
I was, I've been looking for a cafe for 10 years. That's been my dream for 10 years to do it. I've always been scared. My, I ran a family business. Um, so for me, I've always been uh, running a family business, always had earned good money from it, very comfortable. Um, and I was always pretty happy. The last few years, I wasn't satisfied, but I was still happy. But this was a dream to build a cafe. Mm. Um, and it was for sale as a Thai restaurant three years ago. And I, four years ago now, and I walked in and I walked out straight away. I, even though I knew it was a Thai restaurant and the food was pretty good, the shop was was run down. It was, it was pretty bad. Like I was in a bad state. Um, and he wanted like 50 grand for it or something. Anyway, so I walked out, forgot about it. Then maybe two years later, my business partner calls me. He's like, man, I found a site for you. Mm-hmm. Hey, at the time, he was just a mate. I said, which one? He goes, the one in Nepean Village. It's run down. It's for lease. I said, not interested, bro. Like, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, he's like, just come down. I'll, I'll have a chat to you. So I went down and at, by this point I had worked in a few cafes, like just a bit of work experience, just working for free learning. So for me, I had learned a bit more about the industry. I've gone from milk bars to cafes and um, then I walked in and I was like, yeah, bro, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you want me to be, would you be keen for a business partner? And this guy, like Jake Farragher, my business partner, um, man, he's the most resilient human you've ever met. And I couldn't have done it without him. Um, so as soon as he said, like, would you want a business partner? I'm like, yes, 100%, let's do it. Um, and then, yeah, man, the rest, they say, is history, bro. Wow. So there's a lot of questions I have from that short, brief yep. snapshot. So what were you doing prior to owning a cafe? So You um, said you were, work, you were working family in business. family business. So what were they doing? So finished school, I was 18. I moved to Brisbane for a year to play a bit of footy. That didn't work out. But since pretty much age of 19 or 20, um, just working at my family business. So milk bar, takeaway shops, like fish and chips, burgers. Man, um, I did that for, I've been doing it since I was 14, 15, but I ran it probably for the last eight years while mm. I was there. Great business. It's still there 21 years later. It's still there. Um, old school milk bar. Like it doesn't get more old school than that. Um, but I ran that and I was really happy, man. Like So what after footy didn't work out, the goal for me was just to save as much money as I can buy a house, travel. That's all I wanted to do. Um, And I achieved that through that business. You know, that shop's given me everything I got. Well done. Um, Thank you, brother. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, um, uh, you know, I got to a point where the money was good, but I just wasn't like, I guess, I just wasn't satisfied with what what I had achieved. Like my family, my dad built that shop up from scratch and it was an amazing business, but it wasn't mine. Like, even though it was mine, it wasn't mine. Like I didn't build it, I didn't make it. Like we helped grow it, but we didn't create, create it, you know? So for me, creating something from scratch like we spoke about is something that was very important to me. So, mm. and man, like this, once we open, it blew my experience. Like I wanted something, I could never have dreamed of having something this special. So mm. it's pretty cool, man. So, okay, going from, why did you want to own a cafe particularly? Um, what was it about the uniqueness about owning a cafe? So I think, it's funny, it's changed as the time went on. So when I was younger, I just wanted to own a cafe because it's cool. Like mm. it's, it's you know, it's starting to be the in thing. I've been in takeaway shops. I've been in hospitality, like I said, since I was 13, 14. Um, and when you're younger, you see it, you're like, it's cool. It's all that. But as I got a bit older, I love what my family business, it's a supermarket. So quick service, you're chatting to people for a couple of minutes. And mm. I love that side of things. I love the fact that you can build relationships. You can create, you meet people. Um, and as I went a bit older, I was like, I mean, I need something that's going to give me something like, a shop i can only interact with someone with two minutes yeah it's a cafe you come in for breakfast i want to see you for an hour i'll chat to you a few times this becomes your regular and i love the the human side of hospitality i love like hospitality is my life you know mm. we always say because you know backgrounds lebanese we talk about you know we weren't born in, we didn't get into hospitality we were born into it because it's our <laughs> life right you go to you go to a barbecue every friday night my parents have a barbecue and it's it's 
really special. Mm. Um, so for me, I think the reason why I wanted to be in a cafe is just from the, is just I mean, we get to make people happy every day. Like mm. hundred, like today we say we serve five hundred people. We made five hundred people happy. For example, you know, like yeah. it's a, it's a cool feeling. You know, we don't always get it right. Uh, we don't always make people happy, but I think that's a, it's a it's a very cool feeling, man. So mm. it's like instant gratification, you know. Mm, definitely. So what does it take or what did it take for you starting off to actually get this place open? Um, so a lot of the actual cafe itself, Jake's, um, so Jake's more of a silent partner in the cafe and his skills come from, um, uh, you know, leasing negotiations, yep. build, you know, talking to builders. So that, that side of things he ran, which I, I kind of, I've learned everything now and then not everything, but I learned a lot in that period of, of that stage. But, um, I think I think just uh, what's the best? What, what, what did I learn? Is that what you ask? What, what did I learn? Or what or, did it take? What did it take? Much, yeah. um, just so everyone, you know, opening a cafe from the outside looks like it's a, it's amazing, it's exciting. Man, it just took resilience, bro, because we ran out of money. Um, oh. We had issues with the build, with the heritage. We had spent a hundred thousand dollars on the site before we haven't even done anything because heritage architects, yep. designers, consultants, reports. Um, we're doing another project now. We're in the same boat. It's not heritage, but same thing. Like, it just takes you got to be resilient, man. You have to kind of go through the ups and downs. And it's like, it just there's so many different moving parts when you open a cafe. It's not all I want to do is run like talk to people, mm. serve good coffee, and good food. But man, it's you become a problem solver. Like you're, you're putting out fires, and you you know that's what you are. You, you're literally just solving problems. And for me, I think it you know the. I was so obsessed with creating an amazing venue, a destination in Penrith, you know, like other these other cafes I've done in other areas. Um, mm. Because I was so obsessed with that, um, that's why it turned out the way it did. And I just surrounded myself with amazing, amazing people, bro, mm. like mentors. I like if you stalk my Instagram, bro. Every time I meet someone, I'll take a photo and just I'm so great. I like everyone that's kind of impacted me. I'll have a photo with them and I'll talk about what they've done for me and stuff like that. Mm. Um, man, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just having the right people around you. That's, that's the only way you're going to succeed. That's good, man. So what was like one of the biggest challenges you had with building with the cafe? Building, with building the cafe. Um, just not the unknown, bro. Um, mm. you know, I think you got this idea that you're going to build this dream cafe, but what happens if it doesn't work or what yeah. if I'm not good enough? And I'd never ran a cafe before. I'd worked, like I said, I did a bit of experience working with cafes, but what happens if you open a cafe and it, it doesn't work or you're not good at it? Or I had, when I was training people, I was trying to train people on how to hold plates. And I'm on YouTube before the day before trying to learn how they hold plates and stuff like that. <laughs> because I just, I, I didn't know any of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a few really important people, obviously Jake, um, Tyson and Chris, um, they were both ex, they worked at the grounds. So they were part of, um, they had just left and they were helping me. They were like consulting for me. Yep. Um, but man, I just, <laughs> It's just the, the unknown of, I used to park, I used to get food at night. My wife thought I was the biggest weirdo. I'd finish work at my parents' <laughs> house, I'd go grab Maccas and I'd go sit at the car park across the road and I'll just kind of vision and just sit there and think like, just imagine it was busy, imagine, you know, people, because I had no idea. And we spent my, my whole life savings, man. I borrowed money from my brother, I remortgaged my house, all my savings, like everything, I've, you know, and my credit card, I maxed out all my credit cards to make this happen. So cool, it's a dream, but you know, I've got a wife, I've got two kids. It's scary, bro, you know, like. So was there any point where you realized that, look, you're, you're in debt, that this dream is not gonna happen? No, no. Why? I mean, because I, I said no to about 10 or 15 <laughs> different opportunities before this one. Mm. Um, 
And there was, and I just something about this site, bro. I, I mean, it was special. And I just knew that every time I tried to say no and, and pull out of this project, there was something that it just ticked every box. You know, we had support from the shopping center contribution. We had um, amazing people around us for support. We had a beautiful building. And me and my business partner, Jake, because um, we've grown up in the area, we know it's Penrith's like a, a country town on steroids. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone knows everyone. Yep. Um, and the support of the community, bro, I just, I, I knew, you know what, if it's not going to go good, at least it's going to go good for the first three months because we're going to have all this support from everyone in Penrith. Mm. Like we went to school in the area. I worked at Westfields. I have a family business. Um, I played sport in the area. Jake was the same. Jake's got a real successful business here as well. So we knew a great, we knew a lot of people in the community and we knew the support was there. So we, we thought if we do it and we do it properly, we don't cut any corners. Matt Woods, our designer, one of the most talented humans I've ever met in my life. He's done an amazing job. Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah, he like, and, he, and what was cool was because it was my first project, everything he said we did. Mm. A lot of people they'll get a, they'll get the, the plans and they'll go cheap replica furniture yep. matt wood said to me look i'm happy to come on board he loved this project but he's like i'll only do it if you follow it 100 and there was a few things we changed along the way and he under he agreed with us but man like if i tell you how much the chair we're sitting on now cost you flip out you'll flip <laughs> out but we said to him whatever you want matt we've hired you for a reason and this place is we've got an exposure i mean we've had reports from around the world saying you know talking about these venues so um we just again, I mean, I just, it was, I couldn't, I never thought it wouldn't work, but I also doubted myself more than mm. anything. And it was all that thing, you know, everyone talks about. It's in your mind, you're gonna, you know. But I literally had no idea how to run a cafe, man. And um, I'll tell you, my first Sunday after we had open, um, so we opened Tuesday to Saturday. It was smooth, things were great. Um, I'm like, this cafe business is easy, you know, like. <laughs> Because it was turnover. Like I literally put a post up on Tuesday. This is how amazing my community is. Like I put a post up on Tuesday saying we're open, and we did three and a half grand, or I think it was three grand on our first date. And we opened late, and it was just literally one post on Instagram, um, and no one knew we were opening that day, um, other than that post. So I'm like Tuesday, Saturday, I had Tyson and Chris there, and I'm like this. I'm gonna open ten of these. Like that's how easy it is. Come Sunday, Tyson gives me a clipboard. He says just in case you might have a bit of a wait list. I said, all right, I don't think so, but whatever. <laughs> By 9 a.m., we've got 120 people. We're full. And I got Whoa. like a two or three page wait list. And bro, I've never hosted anything in my life. I was a host. You come up. I'm taking your name and number. More people are coming up. I can't call you when your table is ready because more people are coming up. Everyone in my cafe was new. And I was, I was going to have a breakdown, bro. And then Tyson <laughs> looked at me about 10.30. He looked at me and he's just like, give me the clipboard. He goes, yeah, you, know, too many, you know, too many people here. Just go greet everyone. That's all I want you to do today. Tyson's like the best human on this whole planet. He's unbelievable, man. Um, I think he'd be great for your podcast because he's just, he knows about everything, man. He's, he's, he's got 20, 25 years experience in the industry. Wow. Um, and he just said, just go greet people. Let me run the hosting. So by two o'clock, I'm about to have a break. Like I'm literally like about to break down. It starts calming down. I said, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I didn't even go to the toilet. I just wanted to be locked away from everyone. <laughs> And I put the seat down, bro. And I remember just like just sitting on the chair and I had my arms crossed. And I was just like, I was kind of like rocking back and forth. And I just, bro, like my eyes bloodshot, like 100%. I think I cried. Like I was just, I was struggling, man. I said, I can't do this. I, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I don't know how to run a business. Um, and I walked down. Tyson was walking towards the bathroom and he seen me. And he's like, I promise you, it'll never be that hard ever again. And he's right. Like, how did that make you feel in that oh, moment? Bro, it was like, it, it was serious. It gave me goosebumps to say, I've told this story 10 times and it gives me goosebumps every time. Yeah. Like, Tyson had my back and he knew, he knew how special this business was. And he just said, he's like, Phil, he goes, the only reason why I know what I'm doing is because I've, I've opened 20 shops for people. 
He goes, you're going to be okay. He goes, he goes, you got a great problem that you're busy. Do you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that's, I mean, my problem was that we were busy and I couldn't handle it. But imagine it wasn't busy and we had all this staff and I had to let people go and, you know, yeah. so. Different story. A whole different story, man. So, yeah, man, I, I, I something about Percy is that I never doubted it would work. I was just, I doubted my own ability. Could I do it, you know? Mm. So what was so special about Percy that you chose Percy Plunkett as the name? Um, so again, we you know we looked through the report. We wanted something quirky, something fun, something that had a bit of a story. And when we looked at Percy Plunkett's name, um, you know he was a very successful businessman in mm. Penrith, very well known, owned a lot of property in the area. And how cool is the name Percy Plunkett, right? Like, I know it's quirky, it's, it's unique, very it's unique, you know. Yeah. And um, and that's the thing, bro. We like we want we wanted we want to stand out. We didn't want to be a generic name, you know. Um, so I think there was a few different factors there, but I just think, like I said, it just all tied up with our story. And, um, and as soon as we heard Percy Plunkett, everyone I asked, I think nine out of 10 people were like, yep, yep, yep. You know, like, so it was the rest is history, man. And what's the secret, like the menu? Cause you've got some pretty amazing. From the, our menu, current yeah, menu. Yeah, me current menu. So does it change all the time or? Yeah, we try to change, we change minimum twice a year. So summer, winter menu. Um, First year we did about three changes. The next, and we've probably done three changes again this year, uh, last year, sorry. Um, I think the secret is just, everyone does bacon and eggs. Everyone does a breakfast burger. Everyone does, my goal is to do something that, like obviously breakfast burger, like for example, we do scrambled eggs on a breakfast burger instead of fried eggs. We do an eggs benny, but we do it with lamb. Mm. Or you can choose bacon or salmon. But um, I think, I think to be honest, bro, I think the menu is so important. The coffee is so important, but it's, it's kind of second to what we do. We, we offer experiences and we offer, um, you know, like for me, it's all about the hospitality. So food and coffee, if you're not doing good food and coffee, you shouldn't be in the industry. Mm. Like straight out. That's obviously a very important factor. But what's going to keep bringing people back? Because everyone's doing good food and coffee now. Why are you going to keep coming back? Why are you going to bring your family here? Hey, I see this beautiful venue, in Penrith. Let's stop there on the way to the Blue Mountains or let's become, mm. you know, let's go. There's, you know, there's a story there. It's not just a cafe. And people in Penrith know how passionate I am about one cafe and two like Percy Plunkett. So mm -hmm. um, I think, um, yeah, man, I, I just, the, the hospitality, the experience side of things, you know, I think what's his name? Um, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, he goes, um, we're in a game of people, we just happen to sell food and coffee. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. accurate, man. That, that's 100% yeah. accurate. And again, you gotta always make sure your menus are unique, you do different things. and. And it's hard getting it right every time because we might miss a meal where it might sit there too long and it goes cold or whatever. But um, food and coffee, again, we a lot of inspiration. So Rob from Blackwood Pantry, he um, helped mm. create this last summer menu with our head chef, Kayla. Um, you know, you gotta make sure your food's good. You gotta make sure your food, the food costs are right, all that kind of stuff. But again, food and coffee is important, but it's, it's the experience, bro. That's that's what I think. Oh, now that you say that, like as I was reading it, something about it seemed very familiar. Because I'd yeah. been to Blackwood Pantry yeah. about a week or two weeks ago, tried their food, amazing. Yeah. And it kind of tasted the same. Yeah. Like the same well, Rob's quality. Got, Rob had a great, like he said to me, you tell me what you want and I'll, I'll, help with, I'll help with your head chef create the menu. And I was like, I want some amazing fritters and I wanted to have like, the, I want the salad mix a bit. So he'd come in and he put his flavors on. And obviously like, cause he's got his, he's got his palate, right? So he, you know, he's, he has certain flavors that he works with and, Man, I'm telling you, this has been our best menu. This is our fifth menu, and it's been the best menu yet, bro. Like the feedback we get is amazing. So, so how do you set yourself up? Like, because I know there's a lot of cafes around. How do you set yourself up? What's different 
about Percy Plunkett compared to the other cafes in the area? Uh, the guest experience, man. Mm. That's, I mean, the, the uh, customer service, like we, I told my staff and, and I was just telling you recently, I'm while you're having lunch that we, we've definitely been down the last week because of everything that's happening with the coronavirus and that. But yeah. the reason why we've done okay is because everyone that comes into Percy's before this craziness happened, we treated them like family. Every, like, you know, like if a customer comes in for a cup of coffee or a party of 20, treat them as if they're, it's an open day, you know? And, and I think that's what brings people back. So it's, it's how you make people feel, man. That's hospitality, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's why people come back. Obviously the food and coffee, people rave about it again, but um, the reason why people keep coming back to Percy's is how they feel, man. They, you the know, experience. The yeah. experience, you know, we'll, I'll give you like a little example. There was a, um, I was at home, or I think I was on holidays, and I seen someone post a story, birthday brunch with the girls. Um, usually people post it while they're eating or something. And I, was, I, was, I wasn't at the shop. And I seen this photo on Instagram, and I knew where they were sitting because obviously they're posting. So I said, hey, the guy sitting on 307, for example, I said, they're coming in, they're there right now for, um, for their birthday. Can you go give them a pastry and say it's on us? It was actually Roman's one of some of the bag of pastries. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and he went and gave them the pastry, and she was like, she was blown away. She's like, how do you know? Like, yeah. you know, so we, we went up, like, it's all about going above and beyond. And I know that sounds very cliche, but man, it's just about that experience. Like this, we'll do, you know, if it's every, we do free baby chinos, for example. So we'll always offer free baby chinos for little kids and little things like that, that kind of, you know, people want to feel special, you know, and, and food and coffee, yes, is important, but I want to make people feel happy and, and special. And, and it's, it's the fact that again, instant gratification for me, that's a, that's mm. a pretty cool thing, you know? Um, but for me, I'm all about the guest experience and I, and I, t and everyone I hire. So when we, um, when we hire people, we have a really good strategy. And again, Daniel from Blackwood helped me kind of put it in place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty cool strategy, bro. And, um, and again, this, this was a game changer for us and everyone I hire, I hire obviously on personality, on attitude. Obviously if it's, if I'm hiring a barista, I need a gun barista, mm -hmm. but I also need to make sure the barista is, um, has got a great attitude, is caring because caring and kindness are our two, we talk about values, you know, like. If you're kind and you're caring about the product you're putting out or the or the person next to you, you we're gonna have a good team, mm. you know. And we've been blessed, bro. We've had an amazing team. But we, we lose staff like every hospitality business, but it's it's our people, man. We we focus on you know we focus on our people first, and our people then focus on the guests, you know. Mm. So for you as the leader, what do you think is the most important trait as a leader? Um, I think to to lead, right? Like mm. I think for me. It's going to be hard when we grow because we've got a couple of venues happening this year. But I think for me, I, you know, I won't, again, it's cliche, but I won't ask someone to do something that I won't do. You know, if I'll make sure that if someone's, if I've finished my job for the clothes, I'll make sure I go help the guy behind bar or I'll go help showing them that, you know, we're in this together. Mm. Um, having empathy towards your staff, seeking information, you know, if, if they're, if you feel they're not right, give them that support. It's very, because I've come from a family business. So mm. we've got the family mentality here. Um, and just, and, and again, just being there for him, man, having, having support, bro. Like I've, I've had some staff come from some terrible venues, um, great venues, but just being treated like crap. And all I did was just treat him not like just treat him how someone should be treated, like how you how treat human, me and I, human being. how you want to be treated. Yeah. yeah. And he's blown away because at first he thought it was an act. He's like, well, I thought hospitality is not supposed to be like this. I thought you're supposed to be treated like crap. And I said, dude, I'm not doing anything different. All mm. I'm doing is treating you as if you were my boss and I wanted to work for you. How would I want to be treated? And it's it's sad, but it's not that common, bro. Heaps of people cop it, man. Like, mm. you know, and I just, my goal as a leader is I want to set the expectation of how you should be treated in any in industry you go. Because we got a union student, for example. 
you know, they're coming to us. They're going to they're gonna leave in a year because obviously they've got a career happening and I'm okay with that. But it's like what I want to make sure is this is how you should be treated in the workplace. If you go to a place, even though it's an amazing company, but the boss is a douchebag, you shouldn't be there because yeah. I want to set the expectation of how you should be treated. It makes a big difference for people because I know totally. for whatever place I was working at, I wanted to feel like I was actually part of something. And if you don't feel like you're part of anything, yeah. then you just get disconnected. You want to leave. You want to go somewhere else. Just not despite the fact that you're getting paid it's not like i've had around the last year i've had two or three people take pay cuts to come work here because they see oh not massive pay cuts but like yeah. they want to be part of something more something like you said something they want to be part of something special mm. um and obviously some of them that have joined us are going on to are going to have bigger roles when we grow um but man when i hear people taking pay cuts um perfect example is when i had a meeting last week about the coronavirus on wednesday sorry i said to them hey guys look you know we're gonna cut some shifts um, everyone's going to get hours, but we're going to rotate the, the, you know, whoever the shifts we're cutting because obviously we just can't keep up with the same revenue, so we mm. can't hire the same staff. And then I had some people come up to me at the end of the shift and say, "Man, I'll work for free for you." Like, it's like these guys already aren't; they're not rich. Like, they're only uni students, or you know, yeah. they're like, we're happy to work for free. You know, we just we want to help. We want to make sure that person's around long term. Like, wow, bro, and that's just because, like, at the end of the day, I treat them as if I want to be how I'd want to be treated if I was working for someone. You know, some people will be in hospitality forever. Some people will only do it as a uni job. Some people might do it as a holiday job. Mm. But man, to hear that kind of stuff is 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 probably the one thing I'm most proud of. It's inspiring. Very honestly. inspiring, man. It's very beautiful, man. So, yeah. so talking about the coronavirus at the moment, yeah. How has that? What's the major effect that has happened to your business? Just I guess revenue obviously gets yeah. hit first. Um, we've been luckier than some, um, but man, it's it's devastating to hear um, what's going on. But I think going back to that guest experience, we've had we've had a quiet quietest week we've ever had this week. But we've done well enough because our community knows that we genuinely care about them. So they they're now like, all right, we want to care about, it. we want to show you, mm. like we want to say thank you to you and we want to support you. And, and I had so many regulars today, man. It was it was very emotional, bro. Like, you know, it's 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 I'm a very emotional person. So to see so many people coming in and saying we're supporting you, or we're buying gift cards. We don't want to come spend it now, but we don't want to eat now. But we're gonna buy <laughs> gift cards to make sure you guys have can afford to pay your staff. And that's 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 the biggest effect Corona's had on um, the virus, had on our business, obviously the revenue. But I'm just trying to focus on what it's doing for like the positives out of it, man. Like people offering to work for free, you know, mm. customers coming in, supporting the amount of posts we've had from staff saying, support your local, support your local. Like I, I'm, this is the proudest I've ever been, man. Yeah. So how do you, what are some strategies that you can give to a cafe or a restaurant that's not particularly doing too well in the coronavirus situation? I don't think I'm in a space to give people advice on like what to do and that, but I think um, just focus on your team yeah. and just as much as possible. Obviously, there's only so much we can do financially for our staff, but if it means we implemented, so as soon as I said I was going to cut hours, I said to everyone, but everyone gets a free meal. Um, every Like we do 50% normally, yep. but I said everyone on shift gets 100% free, uh, free meal because... I'm cutting their shifts. I'm not going to make them still pay 50%. Like, so they're literally, even though we, we've taken a hit, but at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's, it, if it was about the money, I wouldn't have opened a cafe. <laughs> you, you probably hear that a lot. Like the cafe game is very hard. We're very fortunate. Like obviously we're still fortunate, even though we've taken a hit, but um, 
I just think focus on your people and focus on your community. This is a great opportunity now for people to, because I think we got it, we took things for granted before this, man. Like, mm. and that's why I used to always tell my staff, treat every guest like it's an open day. Treat every start, like every single time I'd say that. And I'm like, what are we doing? Where, where are we going above and beyond? What, what are we doing for the staff? And this is, I think we kind of got a little bit cocky in the industry. Like we're like, oh, we're killing it. We're doing well. But man, just like that, it can be taken away from us. So focus on your guests. We'll focus on your people first and they'll focus on your guests. So. Mm. So do you think that's the secret for owning a successful cafe? Is the people? Is the people? Oh my god! Like your people are your everything, bro. Obviously, look, you got anyone can build a beautiful venue. Everyone, anyone can open a business. Mm. But the the, but I still have a fear every single day that no one's going to come into my shop. Two years on, nearly two years on, I still have a fear every single day that no one's going to come into my restaurant. And I think, I think yeah, that obviously drives me so i'm always like what can we do we're always trying to do pop-ups like are you saying you're going to interview g next yes g? Yeah. um he was kind enough to do a pop-up at our shop um i'm always trying to stay relative i'm always but at the end of the day it's your people man your people like this is my dream and vision but mm. the guys i have on board you know buy buying to my dream isn't the right word buying um believing in our vision is what they've done mm. we had the busiest week we ever had in january um before this craziness and i wasn't here for a minute of, minute of it and the amount of positive feedback I got from regulars, the amount of positive feedback I got from randoms on, on Google, like I was like, if I didn't look after my team, if I if they weren't my number one priority, there's no way I could leave for a week. Mm. And I remember I was like, because I can, you know, I actually deleted the cameras off my phone because, you know, I want to practice what I preach. If I back these guys and I hire these guys, I don't want to keep checking up on them. So I don't have cameras on my phone. Like I can't, I don't check up on what's happening. Um, if something's not right, I'm going to find out one way or another. Yeah. Um, but everyone I hire, again, we have a pretty strict process of how we hire. So everyone I'm bringing into this place, man, these guys will do anything for me and I'll do anything for them, you know. How many hours do you think you need to put into a cafe per week? Um, as an owner? As an owner. Um, I think first six months, minimum non-negotiable every day. Like mm. just, again, I was very lucky I had Tyson around, um, and again, if it wasn't for Tyson and Jake, I wouldn't be here now. So straight up. So I had people like, so Jake was the guy that helped me start. But as as cafe owner starting out, first six months, I mean, you got to build your business. Like mm. I, I host now most weekends and I just want to greet every single customer that comes in. And I want to like, thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting. You know, like you got to be there. And it just depends after that. If your revenue supports you, take two days off. Because Tyson, again, he always says to me, um, the business should work for you. You shouldn't work for the business. Um, mm. But you got to build build something out first. So we are very lucky the revenue was there from day one, um, but I just had to build my confidence and I had to build the support from the guys. And so I reckon minimum six months, but it might take a year, you know, so. Yeah, that's good, man. Thanks, brother. That's real good. So I guess moving forward, you said to start with, you had some mentors, like Tyson was a mentor. You had, is, was he your number one mentor or can you pinpoint? Yeah, man, I've had, um, I reckon I reckon I got at least fifteen mentors, guys that have helped me through. Um, I think Tyson's had the biggest impact on me personally. Um, then obviously the boys from Blackwood, Daniel Rob. Um, I've got some great guys in Melbourne that have helped me out massively. Julian from he's got a um, he owns probably six or seven cafes in Melbourne. Um, then guys, some guys Andrew from Elk Espresso. Um, a few guys, another guy um, Collective. I'm trying to remember his name. Collective. Um, man, I, I honestly like I. I'll say I'll shoot you the name so that way you can kind of yeah. like put, go through and see who it is. But every one of these people, man, they they open the doors for me. They they'll tell me about revenue. They'll they'll open the books for me. They'll tell me how they do things. Mm. So for me, bro, like my biggest strength is I know what I don't know. 
So I reach out and I have like zero ego. Like, hey man, I don't know how to do PLs. Can you teach me? Jake was great with stuff like that. Um, Tyson, I'm struggling with culture. How do I build a cult? How do I keep working on my culture? Um, how do I, you know, I'd go to another cafe that's a destination a restaurant and I'd say, how do you stay relevant? You know, mm. so everything I struggle with, I just open, I, I can pick up the phone and I say, man, teach me how, you know, what's your, um, Trung's another one as well, the boys from Piccolo Me. Um, man, I can go on and on. There's so many of them, bro. And I think um, for me, I just reach out to them and I ask them all the And I ask a lot of them the same questions and I, they'll give me a different answer. And for me, I'll sit there across and I'm like, all right, what works for, for me in the business? Um, but yeah, man, I'm telling you, this was built on the back of mentors, man. So mm. it's pretty special. That's incredible. So if you could go back, so you're here right now, if you could go back in time to a younger version of yourself when you're just about to start, what would be one thing that you'd tell yourself? Before I started Percy's? Before or? you started Percy's or even go back to it even further than that. A young version of you, keen, um, eager. What would I change? I think I wish I learned more. I think I, put, I wish I put more emphasis on school. Um, you know, we talk about problem solving here as a, as a business owner. I struggle a lot um, just because I wasn't good at school. Like I wasn't good at maths. I wasn't good at, you know, and I think I wish I put more emphasis on try and learning um, because it's every, sometimes it takes me a lot longer to learn things or understand things. And being a business, like it's, man, there was times where I felt so dumb asking mm. the dumbest questions. But again, because I had no ego, I'm happy to ask it, but I just wish that I put more emphasis on learning when I was younger. You know, you know, your parents, they say to you, learn. It's not about going to university. It's not about algebra. is isn't about learning algebra. It's about problem solving. And, and I think that's the only regret I have is I wish I had more, I put more effort in education. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew, what, I knew I was, I never ever wanted to go to uni ever, but I just wish I put more emphasis on education. And I think like I've got two young kids now and I'm going to make sure we, you know, God willing, I'll keep affording and put them in the best schools. And I think, and hopefully I can give them the best education, but I just want them to, you know, because education helps you problem solve. That's, that's what school is about. You know, it, it, you were talking, you were talking about how you always come 15 minutes early. You're always early on time. And I think school teaches you that, teaches you discipline, mm. teaches you etiquette, teaches you all those kind of things. Um, so I wish I had a bit more emphasis on education. My grandfather used to tell me, he's like, Jared, if you don't ask, you don't get. So never be afraid to ask. 100%. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. What's, what's the worst that they can say? No. no. And then what happens then? You go and ask someone else the same question. 100%. And that's and, how you and, get an answer. Bro, that's literally been my mentality. Like the worst thing someone can say is no, piss off. Like, yeah. I, and honestly, man, like um, I've been blessed. I reckon out of 20 mentors I've approached, 19 have said yes, you know, like, mm. and some of them have just said no because they're too busy. And I understand that because I've only got one shop and sometimes I feel like I haven't got time. But um, like you said, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. They say no. And it's crazy because a lot of people don't want to reach out. It's that fear of reaching out yeah, like, bro. of what they're going to say. And I think it's that rejection yeah. that a lot of people fear more than the reaching out part. Well, you know, they always talk about, you know, you hear these videos about people, they go to nursing homes and they ask them, what's your biggest regret? And they wish they did the things they, they wanted to do, they did it that they didn't do or reach out to people that they wish they could have. And, yeah. and the same thing, man, just if, if you want to do something, just I'm telling you, I build it on the back of meeting these amazing people. So imagine I didn't reach out to these people. No way, per, I wouldn't have met Tyson. I wouldn't have met, you know, um, the guy, you know, guys from Blackwood. I wouldn't, because I just, if they say no, move on to the next mentor, you know, yeah. because, and every one of those mentors have now become a friend of mine. And, you know, again, I've had a great relationship with the boys from Blackwood because obviously we've worked together for, with a few staff and I'm trying to do some pop-ups with Rob, some some nighttime pop-ups as well. So um, G's another, um, another bit of a mentor for me. Like just, I mean, I was, 
was like a big kid when I seen him, bro. Mm. When I had to ask him to do a pop up, and he came. Like I was so inspired by. He created. He didn't create a burger truck, bro. He created a, a community, man. He's, yeah, it's pretty 100%. special. Like, what I'm starting to see is it's, it's pretty special for me because if I didn't reach out to Roman, I never would have met Dan. Yeah. And Rob, I never would have met. Um, I don't think I would have met. Isaac either if I didn't yeah. reach out Isaac's to him. Isaac's a legend, hey. I know he's incredible. He's such a good guy. But no one no one would have known, I think, known the real story, like what they actually went yeah. through, unless I asked. You know, yeah, like right. it's that sort of mentality that I have, because everyone's got a story. Like you have an incredible story right now. Thank you, man. Like you, you put on a piece of page a paper, a little bit of the story, but what's the actual what's the going through story. the person's head? You yeah, know, man. like that's it's, it's funny. I always say like when I was learning how to open a business, like for example, um, you go to a cafe and you're like, man, this business is run so well. It's, yeah. it's, you, you just see the outside. But then you, any business I've been to, it's a mess back of house. Yeah. But the guest never sees that. Like, I think, I mean, we're very like, every business, I mean, when I say mess, I mean like, you know, there's, you're always, you're running out of cutlery. You're, but then you don't see, the customer doesn't see that. We just keep it, we keep it calm. And, and that's kind of the same thing. You don't know people's backstory. You don't know what they've been through. You don't understand what they're going, you know, what, mm. what they've gone, what they've done to get there, you know? Mm. Um, you're 100% right, man. It's, it's pretty cool to know people's story and, and, and understand more of that. So. I love it. It comes from my curiosity because I was always a curious kid, yeah. always loved asking people questions. The more I asked people questions, the more I learned. 100%. And I love learning. Like my educational process, yeah. they, they taught me. I had so many great people around me saying, hey, Jay, look, you – do this, you do this, and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid, you know, it, it's okay. You, you're 100%. going to pick yourself back up. And I think my grandfather, especially like my mum as well, they, they kept telling me, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's going to be okay, no matter what. 100%. So if you have that mentality and that realization every single day of your life, then nothing's going to stop you. hundred like, percent. And, and that fear, like you talk about, man, it's, it's, it's what stops us. It's what cripples us, man. Hmm. And I had that fear every single day while I was building Percy's. And I remember I said to my wife, there was, we pretty much had a lost, spent all our money on the shot on the house on Percy Plunkett, sorry. And the next step was to sell Percy, uh, sell, sell my house to fund the rest of Percy's. And I remember I went up to her and this is, you know, it's not on her. I don't have to, like, it's not her dream. It's my dream. But mm. she supported me from day one. And she was like, I said, we might need to sell the house to keep building. She's like, do what you got to do. If we lose it, we start again. I was like, you sure? Whoa. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it goes back to what we say about like, just that, just, just do it. I mean, what's yeah. the worst? If we lose everything, even now, I mean, with the coronavirus, if we lose everything tomorrow, we start again. Mm. We just start again and we go through the motion. That's it's what like it's what you're saying, resilience. Resilience, man. You know, it gets you through. 100%, bro. And yeah. I think, I think, um, Jake, my business partner, is probably the most resilient person I've ever met. The, the things he's gone through, bro, like you got to get him on your podcast. He's, mm-hmm. he's unbelievable. He's very humble. Like he doesn't like to talk much about what, but you talk to him about war stories. He's been through hell and back, man. And um, great dude. And and again, that word resilience, every time we hear resilience, I think of Jake because I've seen the things. And that's why I'm glad I've had someone like him on my side because he's helped me. Like I've, learned, I've seen a lot of that resilience and he's like, he just makes it happen. He makes things happen, you know, mm. so. Well, you're helping me right now, man. Like your oh, stories, man. that's what I've noticed. Everyone's story, because everyone's got one, they're able to help me. So I end up- Well, you're helping me as well. I, I mean, up, when you're saying what your grandfather, grandfather was saying, that's beautiful, <laughs> man. You learn those things. Oh, 100%, man. Like it, it's honestly a real blessing and a joy to see people like yourself Thank actually you, striving, actually doing stuff. Because if you didn't, then we wouldn't be able to- 
experience this. That's what it's about. Yeah. You know, like it's not about the food, it's about the experience, 100%. the memories that you create. And yeah, like that's, I think that's the most important thing in life because you're not going to really remember the food. You're going to remember the people that were around you. Yeah. Uh, you if know? I ask, you're like, you, you, that's, bro, that's spot on, man. The food is secondary to, don't get me wrong, like, Food's great. Great. <laughs> Food's great. But you don't, you remember the experience, the moments and stuff like yeah. that. Man. And like you said, like when you reached out to me, I was like, man, I'd, I want to meet you and I want to ask you your story, you know, and see mm. what the deal is with you and what you're doing. And it's just cool to meet people, man. And I think that's why the industry is so cool is because you meet mm. so many different people. Mm. So That's right, man. So finishing up, three bits of advice you can give to someone that is struggling, starting out or needing a boost. Uh, if you're starting out, if you're not obsessed, don't do it. Um, you have to be obsessed. Um, what's the other two? So struggling and needing a boost. So if you're struggling, um, I've got to take my own advice, but when I was struggling, um, you know, I went away from the things that worked for me, so my fitness, my faith, because I was so focused on the business. But then I realized the reason why I was struggling so much, the business, because when I was building the shop, mm. the first thing I did was when I got tired and, and overworked because I was doing 18 hour days, we were on the shop building, whatever. We we're, were project managing, but we we're kind of just doing a lot of the, you know, demolition, all that stuff. I went away from my faith and I went away from um, my fitness. Mm. And man, I, I wasn't sleeping. So if you're struggling, do the things that work for you. So going back to your faith, going back to your training, going back to sleeping well. Um, and if you need a boost, um, reach out to to mentors. Mm. Every time I'm feeling flat, bro, I'll, I'll try to reach out to someone I've already reached out to and just say, hey, man, what, like, how do you go through these things? Like, I was talking to the guys, I don't know, you know, Kettle Black in Melbourne. Yep. So they, um, one of the guys, I'm in the group that owned Kettle Black High Ground Top Paddock and I reached out to him. I was struggling heaps, man. I was just, I was just going through a down period and I just said to him, you know, what, what's, how do you deal with this? Like, how do you guys know how to, you got everything in control? Like, no, we don't. <laughs> we're struggling bro we just look again go, you know so again i just sometimes i get comfort in asking others you know not I don't, i'm not happy to hear they're struggling but i'm happy to hear it's okay to be struggling mm -hmm. so if you need that boost man just surround yourself with family and talk to people man like i've never i don't think i had anxiety i've never had anxiety or depression in my life but building percy's man if i, yeah. I just i was crippled with anxiety because i was like i can't get out of the car. i don't want to get into work today I was, i'd sit at the car at the front of my shop 15 minutes bro and i'm like i don't think i can do this but then I'd get in and I'd go talk to my staff and I'd pretend nothing was wrong. But my poor wife, she'd cop when I get home because I'd, I'd be quiet or I'd be moody and I'd just be like, and she's so, man, she's so patient, bro. And I think um, so if you need a boost, just talk to someone, man. Talk mm -hmm. to either a mentor or talk to your wife or your partner or friends and just surround yourself. Because sometimes when you're going through a downtime, you don't want to go out with your friends. Just talk to someone. Yeah, that's really good, man. So, so my last question is what's next for you and what's next for Percy? Uh, for Percy's, is just constantly grow. Um, my mate Dylan from Dirty Red, who I also think you should have on your show. Um, I think he um, he always says to me, for this business, I just want to be consistent. I want to know every customer, and we want to keep growing the, in the community. We want to keep growing the business. So I'll go I'll come back to Percy's in a sec. We're building a restaurant next door, and we're building. A, we've got to, we've just leased a five acre property down at the river, like five minutes down the road. Um, five acres yeah so our inspiration <laughs> have you been to the farm Byron Bay yes that's our inspiration we're like why can't we have an amazing venue like this in Penrith um, and we're happy to get a five acre block um, and I'll show you some photos before you go um, of what we're doing um, so my goal with Percy's is build these two in the next year obviously now everything's up in the air we, we signed the leases and everything so it's going ahead but we don't know if it's going to be delayed 
Um, but my dream is to have next door running, pumping, the farm pumping, and then Percy's growing because mm. it's become an institution. I, I like Percy's is my, my my third child, right? Like it's my baby, and I want to make sure it keeps growing. Um, my biggest achievement will be when those they're built that people will say Percy's is still amazing. You know, I don't want them to say Percy's used to be cool or Percy's mm. was a good shop, but then since they've opened the other venues, they're not good. You know, so um, we've got a busy year ahead. Um, I think personally for me, I just want to focus again on my faith, on my health, on my health, sorry. Um, you know, focus on the things that always put me, you know, I'm, like I said, I never struggled through mental health or anything, but building Percy's, a lot of it was brought on by myself because I wasn't training, because I wasn't eating well, because I wasn't sleeping. So I've learned from the mistakes from this one. Hopefully with the next two, that will be all. I follow my own advice. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here right along watching it grow. Thank you, brother. <laughs> well, we'll be supporting each other, man. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Well, I feel like that's a perfect way to end. So, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast. My pleasure, man. And sharing your stories. Thanks for, thanks for reaching out, bro. I really appreciate it. It's always, I think it gives me a bit of a boost. So this is a pleasure. good way to get a boost. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. I don't like this part because it means that sadly, we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guests today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it'll go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 